Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of John, chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Pastor Molly was worried. Nothing about being the interim pastor of the Dundelberg Community Church was turning out as she had hoped. She had known that it would not be easy going into a country church from a completely different South Louisiana parish. But she had thought that being a direct descendant of the town founder, atrocious liverwurst Dundle, would kind of ease her in with the locals. But she quickly found out that the locals of Dundleburg called their town Doodlebug, and the Dundle connection was not worth the hill of beans. In point of fact, Pastor Molly was having to make a study of people's names, which were not always what they seemed. It turned out that old Ms. Brown's first name really was Omis. The hyphenated Mr. Flight Risk was sensitive about his name and insisted upon being called Mr. Flatresque. And although she herself was supposed to be referred to as the interim pastor, Molly learned to her chagrin that she was actually known as the substitute lady preacher. Substitute meaning this is what we have to put up with. And lady meaning that this was not a regular preacher, but one who was willfully, persistently, and unrepentantly female. <laughs> to make matters worse, old Miss Brown cornered Molly on her first Sunday and said huffily, well, I guess it can't be helped, but you're just going to have to take over the adult Sunday school class. You see, Belladonna Sharp, our teacher, her husband, got himself transferred to Chicago. A fate which clearly to old Miss Brown was akin to being thrown into a Turkish prison. <laughs> Pastor Molly felt panicked. She looked wildly about the room for someone to greet, but she was too afraid that she would bungle someone's name. But the good news is that Belladonna left you her lesson plan, said old Miss Brown, shoving some rumpled papers at Pastor Molly. You know, we're not expecting much. There are only four of us, 
And everybody's just going to want to get it over with until they can go into the potluck supper. <laughs> she might as well have said, even a little pea brain like you can keep us busy until they put out the pie. <laughs> Pastor Molly glanced fearfully down at the papers. Across the top of the page in capital letters were the words, God's voice. Oh, mon Dieu, tous les saints, thought Pastor Molly, who had been a closet Catholic since childhood because her Cajun grandmother, Nanon, had prayed with her every night and had taught her to say the rosary in French. God's voice. This could lead to an argument, an altercation, a brawl, chairs tipped over, people yelling at each other. The police pull it up. <laughs> Why? Because that is exactly what happened to interim Pastor Bo in Slidell when he invited the people in that congregation to talk about God's voice. Nobody had agreed with anybody and Everybody was offended by everybody else. Those fine people had behaved like a pack of dogs on the 4th of July, and Pastor Bo had gone home to his mother in Bossier City and enrolled in air conditioner repair school, never to be heard of again. <laughs> Must our topic be God's voice? asked Pastor Molly pitifully. It must, retorted Ole Miss Brown and flounced away in a manner that did no favors to her ample derriere. <laughs> Pastor Molly was awash with despair. She had no mother to go home to and she knew nothing about air conditioner repair. Sunday loomed like a twister bearing down on her alone. Timidly, she made her way around the fellowship room to each of the other three Sunday school members. Next Sunday, we will be talking about God's voice, said Pastor Molly gaily, hoping the crazed desperation she was feeling was not shooting out of her eyes. Please prepare by spending some time with the Lord. Three pairs of eyes glared back, eyes that told her she had interrupted them, disturbed them while they were having dessert, which she knew to be an egregious breach of good manners. As the weeks rolled by, the four Sunday school members took their homework seriously. Substitute lady preacher or no, they knew that this assignment had really come from Belladonna and out of respect for her banishment to a northern state, they felt honor-bound to do it. Ole Miss Brown knew exactly what God's voice was like. Ole Miss was an organizer who practiced that art like a kind of warfare and frequently terrified others. She helped everybody in town, whether they liked it or not. Olmus was loud and bossy. 
She rarely prayed to God, but God often came to her and spoke to her in a loud and bossy voice. Why, just this morning, God had shown up while she was having coffee and said, Omas, you know you shouldn't fuss at poor Miss Agnes for feeding scraps to those stray cats. I know you don't like it, but it keeps her happy, and that's reason enough to do the Christian thing. But Lord, cried Omas, but me no buts, said the Lord. I'm telling you right now to do better. People felt sorry for Miss Delia because she didn't have a husband, but they shouldn't have. Miss Delia's little house by the river was full of music of all kinds. And often, Miss Delia would sit out back and play her fiddle while the frogs sang the chorus. On fine days, she would set up his easel on footstep hill and paint pictures It was a shiver. There were no words. And it felt to Miss Delia as if she was surrounded by a shimmering light. Folks in Doodlebug referred to Buster as a cedar chopper, which meant that he lived in the woods. He was poor, and he made his living harvesting juniper trees for fence posts. But the term also connoted someone who was ignorant and of no account. And Buster was neither. No one at church was friendly to Buster because he looked dirty. And he often sat in the back by himself. People thought he only came to church for the food. But Buster was a deeply spiritual man. He often sat in the woods for hours, so still and so lost in beauty that the wild animals would come out of their hiding places. And in his mysterious knapsack, which some people thought might contain a bomb, Buster kept something that no one would have guessed, a pair of running shoes. He would go down by the river early and run and run and run as fleet and swift as any Olympian. And when he hit a stride, Buster could feel the wind on his face and he could hear God laughing. Some called Mr. Fletresque a doer man and some called him a dower man because no one in Doodlebug knew how to pronounce it. He was a scholar and an intellectual who lived inside his head with his cats, Winkin, Blinkin, and Beelzebub, for company. <laughs> he was also a Yankee and seemed not to realize what a tragic disability this was. <laughs> Mr. Flatresque liked nothing better than to read theology and ruminate and work on his masterpiece, The History of Sin. He was happiest when he was puffed up with self-righteousness, and his fierce contentiousness 
got him into many arguments on the internet. Mr. Flutresque rarely sat down to pray, but he was busily debating God night and day. The night before the Sunday school, Pastor Molly went to God in prayer. She got down on her knees beside her bed, as she always did, and prayed to God in French, as she had done with Nanon. Help me, Lord. I am afraid the Sunday school will be a disaster, she said. Serré à ma chère, she heard God say in the gentle voice of Nanon. I will never forsake you. On Sunday morning, the adult Sunday school class sat down at a picnic table behind the church, looking awkward and glum. They could smell cookies baking in the church kitchen, which was very distracting. <laughs> so tell me, said Pastor Molly shyly, how do you hear the voice of God? God is loud and bossy said old Miss Brown. God is a shiver of joy, said Miss Delia. God laughs in the wind, said Buster. Your naivete is refreshing, said Mr. Flutrest, but I shall explain God's voice to you now by reading a chapter from this book, The Epistemology of Diacritical Naysaying. <coughs> But before he could speak another word, Pastor Molly startled everyone by saying softly, God speaks Cajun French like my grandmère Nanon. Confusion spread around the table. If there was only one God, why weren't they all hearing the same thing? You are all mistaken, said Mr. Flatresque. Pipe down, flat risk, said old Miss Brown. Oh, look, said Miss Delia, pointing with a trembling hand. A huge azalea right next to the picnic table had shot up in flames. Call the fire department, cried old Miss Brown. No, no, exclaimed Mr. Flutresque. This is a burning bush. We are about to hear God's voice at last. And out of the burning bush came a voice that was like nothing they had ever heard before that was neither male nor female, nor old nor young, nor soft nor loud, nor any of the many human characteristics that distinguish us one from the other. But they all heard tenderness, joy, and love in this voice. And they all heard exactly the same thing together. The Sunday school class fell to their knees. Lord, why do you not speak to us with this voice all the time? cried Pastor Molly. Why do we hear you in so many different ways? Because I speak to each one of you in a voice that you can hear. I speak to each of you, my precious children, in a voice that is only for you. But how can we ever know you truly and completely if we are hearing so many different things, asked Pastor Molly. 
There is only one way for you to ever know me truly and completely, said the voice from the bush. You must listen to each other. You must tell your stories. You must each tell how you hear my voice because each of you has a small piece of my truth in your heart. Silence fell. Miss LeBlanc stepped out of the kitchen door and called, Y'all come in, the lunch is ready. She was astonished to see the members of the Doodlebug Community Church Adult Sunday School class standing in a circle, holding hands, and listening to something only they could hear. How did you hear God's voice? How does God speak to you in a way that you can hear, in a voice that is meant only for you? When has God spoken to you through the voice of someone else?